Hello, welcome to J&J Radio with your hosts, J&J. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of J&J Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Harper, along with my trusty sidekick, Jason Gibbons. Brother, we've made it to show number eight. It is October 1st. What do you think after that just game one beat down by the Los Angeles Lakers? I know that made you happy. <laughs> what yeah, do you think the, about game one? The Lakers were in the Halloween spirit. They put <laughs> a horror movie on display for the Miami Heat. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, I, it was everything that a horror movie gives you, right? In the beginning, everything seemed happy. We were at the camp having our summer vacation, <laughs> we were on the lake, we were playing. It was all good, early yeah. into the, the trip. Then the sun started to go down, you started <laughs> hearing that music, yep. and then they came and scared you to death. And it's just, they, I, There's not enough words, I think, that adequately describe how demoralizing it has to be to get outscored by 40 points in your first finals game. Well, they were rolling. They were up like 10 early. Everything was rolling. They were knocking shots down. And everybody was like, okay, Miami came to play. And then the wheels fell off. And then they just had a massive outburst on the Lakers' behalf. And Miami could never really regain their footing. Yeah. There's 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 an old adage, right? And it's kind of worn away over the last decade or so in the NBA. But the adage was, you can't teach size. Right. And inevitably, the Lakers are too big and strong for the Miami Heat. And like we always say, it's just a bad matchup. Because like you said, AD is a terrible matchup for everyone in the world. And he's especially a terrible matchup for the Miami Heat because they just don't have anybody to match up, like you said, with his size and his athleticism. I mean, Bam is a great player, great young player. But I think he weighs less and he's about the same size as LeBron. So it's just a nightmare for them matching up against AD on defense. Yeah. We saw Kelly Olenek in the game. Right. No, um, no Myers Leonard, which yep. is curious because uh, he had played in 50 games this season. He started in 49. and He averaged 20 minutes. Um, for some reason, it's difficult for him to get uh, any minutes at all in the playoffs. And shout out to him. He is, he's their biggest cheerleader. He's always like right there on the floor, like doing his thing with, with his team. But like you said, he just can't seem to get off a supposed bench, which is really weird because I feel like they're going to have to go to some drastic measure to kind of try to combat AD's size. But even with that, like, what do you sacrifice on offense for his size on defense? But even then, like, even if he's not a great matchup, he can at least give you some time for Bam since Bam already is banged up. And he can at least give you six fouls at the end of the day. Right. What's he played one he played nine minutes in one game against Milwaukee. Um in that game, Miami won by fifteen. So other than that blowout, I mean he he did not play. And whatever happened right. where they switched the lineup, it happened right. in February. Bam started getting a lot of his minutes. Once Bam came in, uh Myers Leonard's his, his minutes kind of drifted away, and they went to a smaller lineup as well. But even with Kelly Olenek coming off the bench, he's you know he's listed as 6'11". He's a big dude. He's not small. I've trained with him, but it's just a bad matchup against AD. For instance, uh, Kelly had four points, but he, he was one for five, but he just he didn't really make a dent in the stat sheet. And nobody would say, man, Rip, Kelly played really well. So it's like you might as well split some of those minutes with Myers Leonard and see, see if he can at least bring some of that intensity on defense 
to try to create a spark. Or g- at least give them five, six fouls, whatever, you know, something. Exactly. Um, like Zebo this- used to tell Kendrick Perkins, man, Perk know all he got from me is six fouls. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And at least um, one thing that I, you know, we wonder, like, what can the Heat do at this point? We watch that one game, and it's just, it's just hard to see them winning. But the Lakers aren't going to make the most threes they've ever made in the finals every game. Um, sure. So they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I think that their only hope is to play with way more energy. And that means playing everyone on the roster because they're going to be exhausted trying to play the Lakers with the level of energy that it's going to take to even slow them down a little bit. Exactly. And that AD's size and, and, and athleticism just kind of wears on you and it wears on your team throughout the course of the game. And like you said, the Lakers are so tall because you still got Dwight Howard who's coming in there, scrapping, getting rebounds, just being a terror on, on defense. And you got JaVale McGee, who was a D, he was a DMP coach's decision. So they can even bring him in off the bench if they need to. So the Lakers are just they just overwhelm you with with uh, with size. And the thing is, it's not like the Heat aren't a great team. They're an amazing team. They're probably the second best team in the world right now, uh, pound for pound in the NBA. But that's just not good enough. It looks like to be able to try to beat the Lakers four out of seven games in the course of you know two and a half three weeks. You want to make that apology now or later after <laughs> watching that game? The, you just call the Heat the second best team in the world right now. I mean, um, technically, aren't they? By definition. Well, you know, this is this becomes an ideological argument, right? <laughs> are are the Heat by default better than Dallas or or the Denver Nuggets because they lost to the Lakers? I'm saying the Heat made it to the NBA Finals, so they're in the championships. They would be the runner-up, right? Right. They didn't have to play the Lakers in the second round or third round. True. So if the Lakers lose two games to the Heat, are they therefore better than the rest of those teams who couldn't win two games? Potentially. That the, the reason why I brought that <laughs> the reason I brought that up is because NBA analyst, former player, um, and college standout Jay Williams said that the NBA missed a very uh intriguing opportunity having all of the games in the same city to do the, the redo the seating. And if yeah. they had redone the seating, do you think for a second that the Heat would be in the finals? <laughs> That's an excellent question. But they were a matchup nightmare for just about everyone they played who didn't have size like the Lakers. So who else in the NBA has AD and three seven-footers? If, if you can name that team, then I'd say that they probably wouldn't get past them. But so I so let's say this right because <laughs> okay. the Heat the Heat are constructed similarly to the Clippers right would Jokic and Jamal Murray with their supporting cast give the Heat the Blues because Jokic is too big and too good just like he did for the Clippers who have no. better defenders no, and a better offense <laughs> no I don't think so I don't think that uh, Spo would allow somebody as unathletic as Joker to give them the Blues. I believe you said that about Doc Rivers uh, about three or four weeks ago. I did, and that contributed to Doc being a, uh, a non-athletic regular person at the house like me for 72 hours, and then he got hired again. <laughs> a NARP. But that's okay, because, I mean, hey, one door closes, you walk through another. Doc landed on his feet, right? 
he landed on his feet. Doc, he stepped out of the limo onto the red carpet into another limo. But like they did not give him even a chance to sit down. I don't think um, he cleared out everything out of the uh, his LA facility in the, for the Clippers. Oh, he hasn't been back. He didn't, yeah, he hasn't even been back to his office, right? Yeah. He, hasn't left, he didn't leave the East Coast. Yeah. Went to exactly. he left the bubble. Went to dinner with uh, the Why ownership team over in in the Philly. In Philly, and they gave him the job after watching. I don't know what how he watched the game or what he said to them. But he got a five-year deal, despite the fact that. that I told them that Doc didn't need to get hired again right away because he's only ever been really successful when he had four Hall of Famers. And that only tells half the story. But that's that's so much uh, on that's so much on the stakes we can leave for another episode. Uh, but in terms of game two, how do you see this happening for a team that is just they're literally? So the Heat, I said this earlier when we were off air, I said the Heat are like a sports car, right? They look amazing. They, they prowl coming out the parking lot, and then they get on the street, and all of a sudden the transmission blew. The, <laughs> the left tire in the back has a slow leak, and your brakes don't work. It all fell apart after game one, but the Lakers are this big Bentley on the side, like just, just moving along, bumping cars off the road because there's a big dog in the, on the lot. So I don't know what the Heat can do because – they're two, arguably, they're two most productive and consistent players throughout the Eastern Conference um, playoffs are hurt because Dragic was leading them in scoring. His foot is tricked. And then Bam uh, has a sprained neck slash shoulder. So that's a tall task to kind of play against three seven footers with a bum shoulder. So what do you think is going to happen in game two? So before I tell you that, um, I think it was odd um, listening to the report that Bam missed games earlier in the playoffs with a strained shoulder mm-hmm. that he could have played with if he had been willing to get a shot for pain, but he opted not to because he's <laughs> afraid of needles. And I just, that seems like an odd thing to go on a team led by Jimmy Butler. Um, and to say afraid I'm afraid of, of getting shots. And <laughs> so I'll rather just not play in the playoffs. Um, what the, the Heat can do is allow. Udonis Haslam to earn his money by, as a Cobra Kai coaching staff might say, is sweep the leg, right? That's their only <laughs> chance. It's to send a goon out there and hurt the Lakers. And I know that 48 hours ago, I said that they might win one or two games because they can get hot and the Lakers can get cold or lazy or apathetic. But I don't believe that anymore after that game one. That's their only chance. Sweep the leg. Udonis Haslam, go out as a goon. And he'll have a career with the Heat organization for basically his entire life. 60 years, same organization, as he becomes a coach next season. First off, you got to put some respect on UD old man's name. He's went to, oh my goodness, is it four finals now with the Heat? Five. Shaq is the four with uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron, and then one with Dwayne Wade and Shaq. Four, because I was going to say LeBron only. Oh, so this would be his sixth, actually. Wait, so four with them, one here is five, and then one with D. Wade and Shaq, right? Yeah, six. Yeah. So six final strips with this team. That's yeah. fantastic. But so right he's, now, <laughs> he's basically an assistant coach because he doesn't really play anymore, but he's that bridge between the players and the coaching staff. So old man might have to bring them knees tonight and get ready to pop out that bubble and uh, turn the hands of Father Time back. 
What if UD came in and had like 20 and 15 against the Lakers? <laughs> what if, what if he did? So, <laughs> like that, under that the rim, be, like that would Randall. be really impressive, right? The, the last four, the last four years, he's played 16, 14, 10, and four games this season. If he did that, would be really <laughs> impressive, and the Lakers would probably still win by more than 10. <laughs> well, yeah, because he would just basically take. So if he had 20 and 10, he'd be getting some of Dragic's numbers and some of Bam's numbers because Bam's not going to be able to – he's not going to be at full strength and he's probably going to take some of Bam's, uh, Bam's minutes. Right. So he could literally do that and they would still come up short. That's tough. But I think they're I, – I think the key to victory is they're going to have to start trapping and they're going to try to – they're going to try to try to try to muck it up, make it nasty, make it ugly on the, on the defensive end on their part. And I think Tyler Hero is going to have to have a heroic performance, see what I did there, and go for like 30. Because if he's not cooking, I don't know where the points are going to come from, which is weird when you think about it. But there's also another bullet left in the chamber that they haven't really used this year. I mean, I shouldn't say this year. They haven't used as much in the, in the bubble. I think Kendrick Nunn is also going to get some of Drogic's minutes. You know, they said he had COVID. He was out of shape as a result of COVID. Uh, but hopefully the young man can get some minutes because he played well yesterday. I think he came off the bench and had like 18 points. So I think I say just tell him, attack the rim. If they can get lucky and get um, AD in foul trouble, that's a completely different game. Yeah, because um, if AD has to ride the bench and the Lakers really only have, you know, LeBron James. <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, I have my chances versus just LeBron versus LeBron and AD, right? Right. Let me ask you this. As you were describing um, those options and the players, and a nun, hopefully he can continue to blossom. He had a fantastic rookie season, and he can add a lot of value. Looking back at who the Lakers have defeated so far, is this the least talented team they're facing so far in the, uh, in the playoffs? I don't know about least talented. Uh, actually, yes, now I think about it. Because, I mean, if you go tit for tat in terms of all-stars, or like fringe all-stars, I think it's definitely the least. Because was Jimmy Butler an all-star this year? If yes. he was, so, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Jimmy Butler and Bam were both all-stars in the East. So that's two all-stars to one all-star in Denver. Because I don't think Jamal Murray was an all-star. And then you had... Uh, so, yeah, but he's not an all-star. But today is Jamal Murray, considering his everybody. performance, better than everybody they have on the Heat. Jamal Murray Probably. can get you 50. The Heat don't have a player who can get you 50, even Agreed. though Jimmy Butler plays better defense. Agree, agree. And, uh, I mean, Hero might give you 50, like, you know, in one or two years, but he's not going to give you 50 twice in a series if he had to. This so, is yeah. going to be the easiest series for the Lakers. The more and more I think about it, and I look at what they did to a team that had Dame and Melo and McCollum and yeah. what they did to – they're running on their last wheel too. They, I mean, they ran, they sprinted to get to the last lap, and then the last fifty meters, it was like, okay, you guys are about to die. All right, now you got to race Usain Bolt to get to the finish line in the form of the Lakers because <laughs> yes. they played for their lives the entire bubble, and then they matched up against the Lakers. Right, that is true. You know, we know Houston has, uh, regardless of my opinion of James Harden. Yeah, he's way more talented than anybody they're playing now. And then Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This I is guess. the easiest series for them. They, they, they might find themselves um, back home with a championship in about ten days. 
I don't know about easiest series, but this is the least star-laden team by definition that they're playing in the playoffs. Because I think this team, when they're clicking on all cylinders, might be better than the teams that they faced from what they've done in terms of how they move the ball, how they play that um, kind of odd defense, I guess you would say, because nobody really runs a zone like that. Or they're playing it at a really high clip. So I think if this team plays together, they present some very odd matchups for the Lakers because they can score the ball at a high clip in the guard position. And we've seen through the year uh, that the Lakers haven't guarded that position very well. Like they've given up 50 workers to different guards. Like Dame dropped, what, 50 on them or 40 on them on Kobe Day? So it can get out of hand ugly if a car can, can fill it up. But the thing is, they have to be able to defend on the other end. So, Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I say that to say if the Heat don't win game two or three, they won't win a game in the series. I think they're going to win. Right. Games. So the Lakers eliminate, like LeBron led teams eliminate you when we have it, when they have the chance. It's true. When he's up 2 0, he's like 100,000 and zero, right? Yep. That's right. <laughs> uh, so the but series. That's the team that you sneak, though. You normally get game two. I'm sorry. You get game three on your way home, but there's no home because you're in a bubble. Yeah, there's no so home to go back to. No fans <laughs> to change the scenario. So it's so going to be worse, right? They're really in trouble. I think they had a shot before they just started falling apart at the seams. Um, but it's going to be really hard. Like I said, somebody's going to have to come off the bench and give you at least 20 and 10, or maybe not one person give you 20 and 10. If they can collectively get 20 and 15 from like Chris Nunn, Iggy, and maybe maybe even Kelly Olenek. I mean, he was plus 14 yesterday, so he had some positive minutes. But he, like, he played 18 minutes. He was plus 14, but he didn't score a lot of points. So they might need some more production from him. Uh, and Tyler Hero is going to have to do a better job. He played 30 minutes. It was minus 35, which basically means for the time that he was in the game, his team got outscored by 35 points. So he's got to have to be a lot better for his team to have success. And I know they're putting a lot on him, but it's like, sorry, kid, this is basically your second season because the quarantine was basically an offseason. So, you know, you, you said you brought up Iggy, and uh, I don't want to be remiss. And saying that Iggy appeared to be early in the game, that a wild card we did not expect to have uh, such a dramatic impact. As he started off, I think four for four from the field, he hit some threes, and I thought to myself, the Lakers were not prepared for right. Iggy Dalla to come out and play like that. But he came back down to earth. So he uh, did the same thing in the closeout game against Boston. Didn't he have like four or five threes in the beginning of the game? But they yeah. were able to sustain that against Boston because they didn't run into the Los Angeles Lakers buzzsaw of LeBron James, AD, and everybody catching fire around them. Yeah. So, I, you know, I know that I picked them, and I think I said five or six games, but new information has changed my opinion, and I really am hard-pressed to see a path to the Heat winning a game at all. Yeah, I said the Heat in seven because I was uh, optimistic of Heat culture and Spo and Pat Riley and the group down there. But then when they started getting hurt, dropping like flies, and their lack of size was glaring because you kind of you got to pick a pillar. You can't try to stop the Lakers from you can't double AD and try to run people off the three point line. Like you can only if the if the if the ship is sinking, you can only plug so many holes at one time. So I feel like they need to decide what they're going to do and what they're going to take away. 
and just see how that goes for at least a quarter or maybe two quarters. But they were trying to do so many different things and take away so many different things. It almost overloads your defensive uh, rotations. So it'll be interesting to see how they try to defend LeBron and AD to come out tomorrow. So considering the personnel, what would you try to take away? I live with twos and threes kill you. So I would rather AD go for 50 than to have some of the others go for 15 and 12 and 16 and 15 and 20. Because that's why you play an offense. That's why you play a zone defense and, and at a collegiate game. Because threes kill you, right? You want to extend out, run people off three point line. But you can live with twos because twos is like, all right, we'll stay in the game. But like threes start to mount and leads start to snowball out of control really fast. Remember the Lakers caught fire? Was it in the end of game? I'm sorry. They got fire in the first quarter. It went from threes. It was like three here, three here, three here. And then you're like, damn. Yes. So but twos, uh, you're in the game. And it's not as demoralizing. But yeah, I think uh, I think they'll be all right. All things considered, we uh, we'll see a, a great game too. But in terms of um, what the what the Heat are going to do, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Speaking of the zone, um, another little tidbit. There was an article uh, today about Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino and Frank Vogel have a good relationship. And mm-hmm. Frank Vogel played JV basketball in Kentucky when Rick Pitino was there coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also a manager for Rick Pitino. Uh, Rick Pitino gave him some uh, advice on the Heat zone defense, which started out solid for, I think, about one play. And the Lakers <laughs> uh, dispatched immediately. And, and that, I think, is understated in the NBA. We don't really talk about those relationships. But coaches yeah. talk to each other. They help each other and get advice. And um, that advice seemed to really make a difference for the Lakers. Yeah. The thing is, reading a zone is not hard, but it takes like so. It takes the defending team to be on the same accord. It takes a lot of energy to to talk on defense. It takes a lot of energy to constantly run, close out, get back to your rotation. So if you're not constantly like on the same page, and if you're playing against a team who has a really confident offensive player who can slow the pace down, get the ball moving, and then hit the open man. It could be a long night for a team playing a zone, especially against a team who can shoot at the caliber that the Los Angeles or the Lakers, the Lakers can. They're pros. Right. Exactly. So, but anyways, you want to wrap it up with anything, Jay? So, I know, just, we, yeah, but I say before we wrap, so you got the Lakers sweeping? Yes. I, my, my pick is blown out of the water. I believe they're going to sweep now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had the Heat winning in seven right now. I'm going to go. It looks like the Lakers in five. I'm going Lakers in five, but I don't think the Lakers will lose tomorrow night. So you cl- you clearly say the Lakers are going to It's tough. Because I wanted to see a great series, but it's just I just don't see it with injuries to two key players. You know, a full disclosure, as a Laker fan, I don't mind sweeping and bringing home that 17th title. Um, but it's always more fun to see more, more basketball. And I'd okay. be sad for such a wonderful... Uh, last three months to come to an end, but also you don't want to take any chances and have, True. Uh, have an injury. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, until next time, uh, we're looking forward to game two. JJ Radio, Jonathan Harper, Jason Gibbons. We got everything you need. Jay, tell the fans where they can find us in terms of some of these amazing podcast places. You can find us everywhere you, you listen to your podcast. We have Spotify, 
We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartMusic. Appreciate that. And again, this is J&J Radio, show number eight. We are out. See you next time.